Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 144. It's now been three years, six months, and 12 days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Mark and I were back from our travels, so I'm recording from the podcast rock down at my local park. Yesterday, Mark and I also took our first bike ride since I broke my pinky toe in Washington about six long weeks ago. And so far, so good. Fingers crossed and I'm hopeful that maybe, just maybe, day 145 will be from the mountaintop. Today, I'll continue my journey of letting go inspired by our last show, share snippets and comments from Donnie, Amy from Wisconsin, Josephine and Stephanie from Quebec, give you my take on Oprah Winfrey's off-quoted comment about acceptance over 200 pounds, and wrap up with just a bit from my blog post about the spaced out time warp I experienced in Vegas while attending a live concert by The Who. So, after our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'll share what I'm letting go of today. But I'm letting go Josh, it's always nice to be here in your company, at least your musical company, because your song I'm Letting Go never fails to inspire me. And I tell you, since last time, I pondered a lot about the comment I made during Stephanie's secret topic of the day in show 143. In it, I said that intuitive eating is hard and diets are easy. Last show, I realized it was a subconscious truth for me. Working on letting go of that through meditation and other channels, I realized that another subconscious truth for me is that everything I truly want is hard. Let me say that again. I discovered that I think everything I truly want is hard. That's right. I subconsciously think it's hard to get voiceover work, to make good friends who don't just want something from me. I think it's hard to get to and remain at a really good weight for my body. It's hard to make money. It's hard to be valued. So what I need to let go of today is the expectation that all I want is hard and all that's bad is easy. What would actually happen if I flipped that? What if I learned to think in my subconscious that all I want is easy. What if I could effortlessly be at a great weight for my body? Blows your mind, huh? What if it was no problem at all getting great voiceover work? What if I knew that I could find and connect with friends who'd like and who would like me simply for me being me without me having to run the whole friggin' world? What? Aha! Now, isn't that the knee slapper? I think that might be the aha moment, the light bulb moment, the realization moment that this whole show was pointed toward. My perfectionism, my need to control things, my compulsive wish to have everything make sense, 
is all about me having to prove and order things because my subconscious does not believe that I'm worth it or that things that are good can be easy for me. Why not? Hey, you subconscious, why don't you move over and change that tune, huh? Because as we've seen through the course of this show and just in everyone's life and through our list of five things that we're all good at, it is impossible that every single thing I want has to be a battle. I don't need to prove myself over and over again to anybody or to myself. Because how can I prove it, right? How can I prove anything? I am what I am. Now, some people would look at me at what I weigh today and say, Lori, you're way too fat. Some people would look at me today and say, you look just like a normal woman. Some people would look at me today and not even worry about what my body looks like. They just say, man, you got a pretty smile or your eyes are there and sparkling and you're really funny or you're a kind person, or they would be thinking too much about themselves to worry one bit about what I look like. Now, as to voice acting, we've talked about this before. Either the way I sound and the way I deliver lines is right for you and your product or your voicemail or whatever it is you want a voice actor for. Either it's right or it isn't. And nothing I do can convince you that my voice is the right one for you if it isn't. If it is, it is. If it isn't, it isn't. All I can do is to continue to work on my skills to make sure that my delivery is the best that I can do. And the rest of it is, oh my Lord, not up to me. Not up to me. I hate things that are not up to me. And why do I hate it? Why don't I think that's great? It's out of my hands. Why don't I let go of that rope? Why do I waste my energy trying to haul in things that are not my business, not my concern? Why is that? It's because I think I have to in order to succeed. I think I have to convince you BCs that I'm good. I have to convince you that I'm worth you coming to comment. I have to convince you to like me on Facebook. I have to convince you to show me in some way that this show is worth it to you. I have to do that because secretly in my heart of hearts, and probably not so secretly if you've been listening to me for a long time, but secretly, no matter how many of you say, Lori, we love this show, or call the Bravery Hotline, or like on Facebook, or whatever, I secretly think, ha, huh, fooled them again, didn't I? They don't know that really I'm just worthless, that I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, and I'm sitting here in a park on a rock talking to myself about who knows what. Why should they listen to me? Why don't they go do something else? Well, some have gone to do something else, right? But if you're here listening to me right now, either this is your first time, in which case, hi, welcome to the show, or something about what I have to say resonates with you and you get value from it. Now, it doesn't matter whether I prove it to you that, <laughs> that you get value for it or not, because the fact is either what we're talking about here on the show resonates with you and you do get enough value or entertainment or whatever in order to continue to listen, or you don't. In which case, you probably already push delete by now. It isn't up to me. 
The only thing that I can do as regards to compulsive overeating diary is what I said I'd do, to share my truth as best I can, to figure myself out as best I can, and let you guys all eavesdrop on that process. And hopefully you will come and comment because you have thoughts that are triggered by what I say or think or what other BCs say or think. And you're willing to participate to share your story, right? Not to please me, not so I can feel good, but because it benefits you in some way and your vision of expressing your truth and yourself, it's not up to me. So what if it was just effortless? What if I came down here to the park and just did my show or went up the mountain and did my show and just didn't worry one bit about who was listening, what are the numbers, who's liking, who's unliking, who's commenting, who's not commenting? What if it really was that easy? What if I could really just come down here and be myself and let the chips fly as they may? Well, a couple things could happen. Three things. One, the fact that I'm more relaxed and can become even more authentic might resonate with even more people and we will see an uptick in download subscriptions and people sending virtual cups of coffee or supporting the show through Amazon or any which way that might be. Any of the external methods that say we love your show may happen. Or people might say, huh, what's gotten into Lori? Not as entertaining, not what I want. And the numbers could go all down. In which case, well, I guess that wasn't what they wanted. Or I suppose we could just remain as we are and the people who comment will comment and the people who won't, won't. And the numbers will stay steady. And I'll just have to decide if I want to continue to do the show no matter what. Those are the three possibilities that I see. And to be honest with you, brave companions, me being me in my subconscious as well as in my conscious, I can almost not wrap my head around this whole idea that whatever happens with the show will happen because I can't get my idea, my head around that idea in life either. It's really hard for me to step up to the mic, whether I'm working out in a class or for an audition, or meeting an agent, or doing any of those things, and not feel like, oh my God, I've got to get this right. I've got to get it perfect. How can I show in this copy that I'm funny? How can I show I love this ice cream? How can I show that, you know, these cucumbers on sale are the best thing ever? Well, in real life, we don't go around proving to people that we like to get cucumbers three for a dollar versus one for a dollar. We just do. And in voice acting, when you can relax into it, that's when your voice shines. That's when you have that opportunity. Because people can hear stress. People can hear perfectionism. People can hear that. And that consciously or subconsciously does not position their product or service as well as someone who's naturally happy or naturally engaged in that. And that's true with Mark and me, too. If I'm always trying to prove myself right and prove Mark wrong, what's that going to do to our relationship? If I don't believe that Mark loves me and I continually want him to tell me he loves me, bring me flowers, or do things that quote-unquote prove his love, that's exhausting for Mark. 
I know it's exhausting for me if he was insisting that I had to always prove that I love him. That would be a pain. I love him. He knows it. He loves me. Mostly I know it. And the only time when I feel like I don't know it is when I'm feeling insecure in myself. When I'm feeling insecure in myself, I think it's hard to have a loving relationship. I think that there's a lot of, lot of work involved in that. <laughs> in a way, there is, but all relationships take some give and take. In all relationships, including ours, BCs, including ours, me as a podcast host and you as a listener, we have a relationship. And sometimes I'm riding a wave of agreement with you guys and we're having great discussions and sometimes we're not. Sometimes the subscribers go up, sometimes they go down. But it's a relationship. And the only work it really takes is for me to do my best for my side of it. The listener side is up to you. And with Mark, all I can do is the best to be the best wife and show him I love him. And let him do the best he can do and show me he loves me. Same with friendship. Same with getting a job. Same with everything. It really is that easy. Even my weight is really that easy when I pay attention to myself. Because when my hunger issues aren't clouded up with emotional issues, if I'm not feeling bored or if I'm not unhappy or nervous or excited or any of the other 10,000 reasons why emotional eating can come and bite me in the rear, I'm fine. I know when I'm hungry. I know when I'm not. My problem has been that so much of my life has been centered around soothing my compulsions and my emotions and trying to stop me from feeling these negative emotions because I assume that these negative emotions are going to overwhelm me like a tidal wave, that there will be no relief in sight because I know for a fact I'm really not good enough for anything, that any negativity is going to knock my foundation away. But that's not true, brave companions. I am good enough. I'm good enough as the best Lori that I can be. I can't be any more or any less than what I am. I am what I am. <laughs> and some things are just going to happen outside of my control. And some of those things are going to be good. So the question is now, how will I continually find ways to let myself know that life isn't all hard and that I'm worth all of the things that I might like and it isn't up to me. I think that's where people who have a very strong faith, either through their religious practice or through something like meditation or higher power or whatever you want to call it, have a leg up in the world because you can put your trust into that feeling, that faith. And I think that's a lot of help. Wow, we're getting deep down here in the podcast, Rock. But something to think about. So I'll just put it out there, VCs. If you have some thoughts on this topic, I would love to hear about it. Anyway, I think it's time that I move on from letting go 
and let go of this letting go today because <laughs> I have lots of BC Commons to share with you. First up, after last show, Donnie bravely shared her feelings. She writes, Such a lovely episode, Lori, as always. I always get so excited when I see a new listen appear. Yay to Mark for continuing to be brave and share with us his experiences. Not for lack of desire, I have yet to reach out to meditation, but it is on the forefront of my mind, especially with the recent ongoings turmoil slash fiasco. I truly appreciate your compassion in reaching out to me, Lori, offering kindness and condolence. I think it is super awesome that you're able to acknowledge, reflect, realize, and even more so openly admit that your personal liar opinion may have been an inner conflict in your own mind. I learned so much from you. It's interesting how our internal dialogue can be at a conscious level or not and can become absolute truth. I need that at a time right now in my life where I feel like nothing is going right and I cannot catch a break. I keep running into wall after wall after wall. The insecurity of the unknown of my future, as far as I will live, feeling out of control, being told over and over that I failed at financial management is discouraging and disheartening, especially since I know a lot of it was unintentional and could not have been prevented. I was playing the cards I was dealt. As we all know too well, hindsight is 2020, and onward we must go. I really started to lose my stuff yesterday. There comes a point where too much just becomes too much, and it starts to seep about via tears and attitude and unkind words and actions. Ugh. One thing I'm thankful for today, it's a new day. And although sometimes it's foggy to see, I have several things to be thankful for. And I will get through this, because I have to. And it will all work out in the end, of course. Because if it doesn't, that's not the end, right? <laughs> Lots of laughing. Thank you for listening, friends, for always being understanding, supportive, and encouraging, and just being there when I feel like the whole world has gone out. And brave companions, I wasn't the only one to offer support to our brave Donnie. BC Josephine wrote, Hi, Donnie, hang in there. You said time is going so fast. I seem to have that realization smack in the face at least 20 times a day. I'll try my best to think, well, it's going so fast, these difficult circumstances will surely go fast too. Alas, not sure if it helps, but if it can just keep our heads above water for one more day, then I guess that's all we really need. I'm trying to be more mindful and live in the moment like our dear Lori. So let's press on together. I love all the BCs and feel blessed to have this group of friends, as Lori says, XOXO. Josephine also replied to Stephanie from Quebec's comment from day 142, where Stephanie mentioned, Guess I need to let go of the feeling of, I wish I was better at this, letting go of the feeling of resignation, letting go of the feeling of sigh, letting go of the feeling of the impression that it will be an eternal battle, letting go over and over, letting go of being tired to let go. We all have our battles, but we can choose to give them less importance. And that's when Josephine wrote back to Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. I truly resonate with your last sentence, letting go over and over, letting go of being tired to let go. Thank you for sharing and for making me try to think of things that I do easily. Before listening to you, I might have said nothing. But upon thinking, I came up with a couple, spelling, grammar, and finding misspelled words in practically anything I read. 
and I'm talking published works, such as books, even textbooks, newspapers. Remember those? Laughing out loud. And now on this silly local newscast, they are full of errors, from the weather reports to those trailers that constantly stream across the screen. Thanks again for all the joy you bring to SBCs with your secret topics. Lori, you are brave for answering those on the fly, but I love it, and I love you guys too, XOXO. Josephine also shared her love for words and support for Mark and his meditation report in this comment. Hello, Lori and Mark. I love this episode. Well, I pretty much love all of them, wink. But the part I will always and forever remember is Mark when you said, affirmations. They will forevermore be affirmations to me. Just like when my kids were little and named something, and even though they are long since grown, we still call things the name from back in the day. Sometimes those made-up names are better than originals. Anyway, thanks to you two once again. I cannot tell you how much you bless me. Thanks for doing what you do. XOXO to both of you. And I said, hi, Josephine. Mark got a big kick out of your enjoying his affirmations. He often has interesting words come out due to his dyslexia. I do too, just from my racing brain, I think. I thought it was cute too. And that was one of the moments during editing where I asked him specifically if I should cut. And he laughed and said, no, that he is who he is. I love that. Stephanie from Quebec gave her take on last show and also supports Donnie. Stephanie writes, we think, therefore we are, and we are what we think. So let's start thinking that those things we want are here at arm's reach. Hugs, Donnie, Stephanie, XX. Finally, I'm as pleased as can be to share these thoughts from our resident quilt artist extraordinaire, Amy from Wisconsin, talks about five things she's good at. Hello, Lori. I found your reflection so interesting. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about how changing your thoughts about intuitive eating will likely change your ability to succeed. I am looking forward to hearing how your changing mindset affects your actions. I loved your five things you're good at section. Since I tend to be really hard on myself, I thought I would throw in five things that I'm good at. I'm good at interacting with little kids. I'm really good at introspection and being in touch with myself. I'm good at making quilts. I'm good at caring for and helping others. I'm great at organizing and maintaining organizations. I know I haven't commented lately, but I am enjoying the show and appreciate your work at putting it out. Well there, Amy, I'm delighted to hear from you whenever you'd like. Big smooch. And you too, all you BCs who are listening at this very moment. As I said in the Letting Go segment, please join into our comment conversations on day 144 or call the Bravery Hotline or use SpeakPipe. When we support one another and share our thoughts, it makes our community stronger and it also fosters positive feelings in our hearts, our own hearts and the hearts of all who hear. Next up, I'd like to give you all my take on what Oprah Winfrey said recently about her body and dieting experiences. Oprah was widely quoted from an article of the New York Times Magazine entitled, quote, Losing It in the Anti-Dieting Age, unquote. I'll give you the quote and my take on it, and also I'll put the link to the article itself in today's show notes because I think it is a very balanced article and an interesting read that can foster true discussion with ourselves and with other BCs. In that article, Oprah was talking about body acceptance, and this is the exact quote from her. Quote, So all of the people who are saying, Oh, I need to accept myself as I am. 
I can't accept myself if I'm over 200 pounds because it's too much work on my heart. It causes high blood pressure for me. It puts me at risk for diabetes because I have diabetes in my family." Unquote. Well, this bothered me, Lori, and I also related to it because I've kind of considered myself Oprah's weight loss soul sister. Strangely enough, I found my weight following her path quite a bit. Lots of times I am up when she's up and down when she's down, and it's pretty amusing, really. But what was it about this whole acceptance quote that bothered me? Well, I totally get it, and she's capturing perfectly the idea that we do want to accept ourselves, but sometimes our bodies, for good medical reasons or just because it suits you or for whatever reason, our bodies aren't our ideal. Now, sometimes in the case of body image issues, this is because we have to change our point of view to be more healthy about our bodies, right? More accepting of our bodies because we can become extremely overly critical of our bodies. But sometimes there is an actual physical reason why our bodies, as are, are giving us trouble. An example of that is if you do have diabetes, you need to watch what you eat. I don't care how free and easy and intuitive you want to be, you need to track what you're eating and understand how that impacts your blood sugar in a very physical reality. You need to do that, <laughs> you know? And also, like even I, as I'm getting older, the more weight I have on my joints, the harder it is to walk around. If I'm down in weight, it's easier for me to hike and bike and do the things that I love. That is physical reality. For me to have a body that weighs less than it does right now would give me a lot of physical benefits. Now, at this point in time, my blood pressure is stellar. My blood sugar is stellar. I'm not even close to pre-diabetes. My heart rate is stellar. So at the moment, from blood and medical work and that kind of thing, I'm doing great, even though I do weigh slightly over 200 pounds. And I've been over 200 pounds now for a long time. I mean, a really long time. I'm trying to think. I think the last time I was under 200 pounds was when I was 50. You know what? It might have been my bicycle accident, because I'm trying to think this through. <laughs> I can't. I was under 200 pounds. I weighed like 190, 191 when I rode around the big island of Hawaii when I was 50. And then I think it was one year later that I rode Solvang, the same thing that I'm going to do this next year when I'm 59. And then somewhere in all this mess, I think it was another year when I had my accident. So maybe it's been like seven years. I think I put on some more weight after my accident. So maybe it's been seven years I've weighed over 200 pounds. And sure, I would like to weigh less than 200 pounds. I mean, I really would. I'm five foot seven, and 200 pounds is a lot for me to carry around on my frame. Whether emotionally that's just, you know, the identity I have of myself, which as we've discussed, my subconscious might say, huh, Lori, you weigh over 200 pounds, so maybe I have to start, you know, telling my subconscious, hey, subconscious, it's okay to get under that number. So I get it. I get it that we can have a reason physically that has nothing to do with bad self-esteem or with, you know, being hard on ourselves. 
why we might like to change our physical body. I think where I have the issue was, was with the language that says, I can't accept myself. I can't accept myself over 200. I do kind of get where she's coming from though. Like I said, I don't think Oprah means like, I can't stand myself, I hate myself or something if I'm over 200. I think she's talking about the physical problems that we face at a larger size. And those are real and I don't wanna discount it. For me personally, I would like to weigh less than I do. But I also have seen the benefits for me personally. And again, only for me can I speak because I'm the only one living inside myself that it's still hard on me psychologically to go back into a diet mentality or to reduce my eating in a quote-unquote diet-type way. Even though Weight Watchers, which Oprah's doing now, and has, she owns part of the company, right? So Oprah's all in for Weight Watchers. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with Weight Watchers. I think it's pretty much a balanced plan, whether it's points or exchanges or whatever. But it is a way to eat less. And to eat a little bit less is the way that you normally lose some weight, right? Now, I know there's some controversies over that too, depending on what you think about food and, and eating and what you need in order to have a healthy body. And that can vary as much as the religions you choose to believe in. There are different studies through different amounts of time for what's going on. So let's, let's agree to disagree on that and put it to the side. <laughs> If you have a strong opinion that would be different from myself or from another BC who might say something. But let's just have the concept that we have certain ways to eat that we think work in order to change our body type. And we have ways that we might eat if we don't feel that we are quote unquote on that kind of plan to change our body type. You know, sort of the on the wagon, off the wagon point of view. Now, everybody, I believe, who's been successful long-term has modified their eating in some manner to suit their lifestyle, really and truly. Even me, with all my compulsive ups and downs and things. Now, when I started Weight Watchers way, way, way back when, I think I was just after my 40th birthday that I started Weight Watchers the last time, and it took me a little over two years to lose 130 pounds. And I weighed over 300 on my 40th birthday. And you can see the picture of that if you wanna to go to Lori's weight story and look at the pictures. But I weighed over 300. And I've not weighed over 230 ever since, no matter how much I've been up or down. I think I weighed right around 225-ish when I started this show maybe. And I never went over 230, so I've kept off 70 or more pounds and now I'm just slightly over 200 so I've kept off quite a bit of weight for almost 20 years even though I'm still not at a weight that I would pick if I got to I think emotionally I'm getting to where I can sort of separate out a little bit about what's a diet and what's a choice and not go crazy nutso I'm sort of in that space.
But for me, my priority at this point in time remains accepting myself over 200, to accept Lori, whatever I weigh. I accept myself and I love who I am and I love my body as it is. And I think that's where I had the trouble with what Oprah had to say when she said she couldn't accept herself. I understand if you want your body to be different. And like I said, I'm not hard on Oprah and I really think this is a fascinating, good article, well worth your time to read. So if you haven't read the actual article, please come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash day, D-A-Y-144 and get that link and go read it for yourself. So like everything else in this show, if you have some opinions and thoughts on this, love to hear them, love to feature them next time. from the heavy thinking to the weird. Mark and I attended a live concert by The Who when we were in Vegas celebrating his birthday. And I wrote a blog about some weird sensations I got in that audience. And I'll share a bit of that here on the show. And I'll put a link to the blog on today's show notes. Also, if you take the time to go to the blog page itself, I've got links there to my private YouTube video of Mark and me rocking out during the actual concert and a bonus link to the Who's concert in Seattle from 1976, which was the last time that I saw them. So give them a play if you go to the blog because I think you will enjoy those two videos. But just to give you a taste of it, here's a paragraph or two of the blog that's called, Who Are You? Lori's Weird Time Trip on the Magic Bus. Mark agreed that our big deal Vegas outing for his birthday would be seeing The Who live at Caesars Palace because The Who is one of my top three bands. And back in my young dance all night concert days, my fondest memories were when I had seen them twice on tour at the Seattle Center Coliseum, once in 1975 and again in 1976. And those songs were the soundtrack of my teens. Yikes! Fast forward 40 years, and I, who used to swing the long brown hair and skin-tight denim of my d d d generation, was about to swing the long dyed brown hair and comfort-sized denim of my DDD generation. Later on in the piece, I write, time rained down on me and sent me back to being a teen, screaming for more with all of the time in the world to make things happen. My vision kept seeing Roger and Pete as they were, as they are, as they were, as they are, in a weird otherworldly version of Time Pong. I too became old, young, young, old, old, young, noticing the same chords, the same mic tricks, the same magic on the stage, like a stereoscope slightly out of focus. And for the rest of the psychedelic mystery trip, you'll just have to read the blog for yourself because it's time for me to say, until next time, BCs, no matter what magic buzz you're on today, take care because I know who you are and I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. 
skin and Baba don't